How do you get to market with a product that doesn't have everything that you envision for it, right? Like you're this amazing entrepreneur, you're a visionary, and it's like you just have so much trouble getting all of the things that you need into your product before you can get it out to market. Like what do you do in that situation? Give up. You give up. <laughs> no. The shortest episode ever. <laughs> We're going to answer this question and more in this episode starting now. your life away waiting for Friday? Do you dread Sunday nights and Monday mornings? My wife and I have spent over a decade building an online business while raising a family. I quit my cubicle job to live the life I wanted, to experience freedom, and we want to help you do the same. We're Chris and Laura. Welcome to Fearless Together. Okay, so the, the quick answer to this is MVP. Most valuable player. <laughs> right. No. Minimum viable product. And we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but we're going to talk about some specific examples too. For anyone who doesn't know what MVP is, minimum viable product, it is the the vision of your product at its most minimum like set of features or, you know, whatever, the, the bells right. and whistles. It's the minimum set of features required for your product to be viable inside of the market, meaning that someone might be willing to buy it with, you know, there's a certain threshold of features that you have to have, right? You know, you can't just sell a steering wheel and be like, it's going to be a car, <laughs> you know? So great example. <laughs> so your MVP is the, the, the core set of things that you need in order for a product to be able to ship. Right. So if you've ever purchased, like a, this is very common in the software industry, you know, Google does this all the time. I mean, pretty much every major uh, platform, like technological platform, does this approach. Um, for example, the Apple iPhone went to market without copy and paste functionality. It went to market without an app store. It went to market without your ability. You didn't have the ability to change your background image. Yeah, and that's just shocking. Yeah, like there, there's a <laughs> lot so of simple now. basic functionality was not available, but it had a lot of other functionality people cared about, right? It had its core functionality. So... Um, I know Dropbox did this, right? Everyone is probably familiar with Dropbox. It's that cloud storage service. Yeah. You know, they went to market and they, they did actually, they went super, um, they went really, really specific or, uh, they, they went really, really minimal. I should say, All right. um, they didn't build their product. Oh, wow. They actually did. Uh, they put up a, um, it's called a smoke test. It's an opt-in form basically. And just let people opt in it, like, Hey, we're going to do this thing. And they had their video that told you what it was going to be. And like, if you're interested, join the waiting list. And they had built nothing yet. They just had their, their little, you know, video. Right. And I feel like you've told that to me, but it's still just so surprising. Yeah. And now they're huge. Right. You know, and so you see this with a lot of companies and a lot of softwares, but how can a business owner, right? How can a small business owner bring this into their world? Right. We're, we're not all building software and things like that. But I mean, one of the things that we're doing is our double shop project. Yeah. And you've actually had experience. I mean, this, this is very easy to do with digital products, right? Yeah. And so talk a little bit about, um, the, the double shop project and your particular experience with this MVP approach. Actually, what's funny is I don't think you were intending for it to be MVP. No. It just ended up being that way. Yeah. I published, I published a lot of products, um, 
early on, just when we first started. And as, as time progressed, there were always things that we kept doing, like adding like freebies for customers and changing the whole look of the, the, the featured images and whatnot for all of our, le- uh, listings that it kind of got hard to like try and update the old stuff in the shop. Because we had so many new products coming in. Right. So we would change a featured image format. Yeah. But we wouldn't update the featured image for all of the other products that had been published already. Right. And so it was, it was kind of hard to, um, you know, decide, all right, well, which ones am I going to, you know, update now? Like I have such limited free time. And, you know, I have a couple products that are doing really, really good that were some of my first products that I made. And they're constantly selling. And it's like, these are the ones I'm going to focus on when I'm I'm updating my featured images because they've proven to be successful. So, like, people are interested in it. So now I'm going to, you know, reinvest some time and effort into those particular ones. Yeah. And, and so, um, like, a lot of people, it's perfectionism usually that prevents someone from doing MVP. Like, like, I'm not willing to put my name on that. And it's like, you really, you can be holding yourself back severely. And we have kind of a really cool example of where we did MVP with an ebook, right? Yeah. We, we had an audience of people going to one of our websites and I just had this idea. I'm like, you know, we've got this really specific audience of people. They're all kind of circling around this website. And I'm like, I think that if we wrote an ebook about this topic, some of these visitors would be willing to buy it. And yeah. It was, it, there, there was very little market research that we did. I mean, yeah, I, I basically, I like checked Amazon. There was not anyone really doing an ebook for this audience. So I didn't really have any idea if the idea was going to work. It was just like, all right, let's make an ebook and test it. Right. We, we had a, a site that was focused and it was getting traffic. Yeah. So we, uh, we created an outline and, you know, kind of some descriptions for what we wanted covered in the book. And then we hired, um, a ghostwriter to write it for us. And then we edited it and then we put it up for sale. And I think in total it cost us about $500 to make the ebook, right? Or was it even? Oh, it was, no, it's two. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was $200 to oh, write it was the terrible. ebook. Terrible. It, it wasn't that bad. It was. It, it needed the edits. It well, yeah, it needed the edits. yeah. Okay, sorry. I thought you were saying the final product was bad. I'm like, no, no it was no. good. It was a pretty good book. It, it was okay, but it wasn't exactly what we wanted. But we had spent two hundred dollars. We spent some hours editing it, so we put it up on the site. And um, I remember we were having concerns about pricing. Like, I wanted to charge twenty dollars for it, and you're like, I don't think anyone would pay $20 for this. And I think you wanted to charge like $7 for it. I think so. I was also like really unfamiliar with that, the ebook industry. Oh, that's fine. You know. So I put it up for sale for like 19 something, $19 and 50 cents or something like that. And it started selling. Yeah, it did. I mean, and I think probably the first year it maybe made like, I think it probably made over a thousand dollars in its first year. I was so concerned when we got the first couple sales. I'm like, we're going to have people want their money back. Yeah. She thought every sale was going to turn into a refund. And what's funny is that book has probably sold for, I don't know, seven or eight years now. And we've maybe had five refunds. Probably. But anyways, what did we do with the, the 
earnings from it. So after about a year of sales, and we had probably breached $1,000 um, on, on that book, we decided, all right, it's not what we want. So we hired another writer to take it and fix it and expand upon it. And we paid that person $500. And then we had an even better book. And then on top of that, you also authored kind of a companion book to go along with it. Yeah. And then we changed um, the pricing up so that we would... What was the pricing on it? Um, I, th I think we, we tried like uh, $10 each or two for 15 or something. Yeah, something like that. We did really good pricing on it, but it was kind of trying to make it like an offer that someone couldn't like you want the You want the set. Yeah, it was like... You get both for $20 or you could spend $15 on just one. Oh, one you know what? Other. I think, that, yeah, I think that's what it was. And so that ended up being, I think, the pricing model for it. And again, it just, it did great. And every year it has sold, you know, the, it, it's, it's probably a few hundred dollars now every year or something because of traffic and, and whatnot. We moved the book over to Amazon, yeah. uh, Kindle. Cause which, we didn't want to deal with any, we didn't want to deal with customer service. So. We definitely took a, an earnings hit by, um, by moving it over to Amazon. But at that point, we didn't have any team members. And so I didn't want to spend any time on customer service and refunds and stuff like that. But that was even that was such an interesting, like testing the waters, like moving the, the book over to Amazon. Cause I totally remember like we were going to be rich because we were <laughs> going to put this book. That had no other, you know, competition out there on Amazon. We we're going to put our book up there and everyone's on Amazon. So, yeah, that, that was silly. Of yeah, me. <laughs> I tried to temper. I'm like, I don't think this book is going to sell. I Honestly, I figured it was going to sell worse than it was on I, site. You, you totally nailed that prediction. But I, I was like, we're going to be rich. <laughs> yeah, like we... we I, because our site was, it's so focused. Our website had such focused traffic that we had, it was like laser. It was niched down. It yeah. was, yeah, it was laser targeted. And so we had this just very specific audience of people all corralled onto this one website. And when you put your product onto Amazon, you're just, it's like a, a trying to find a drop of water in the ocean, you yeah. know? And so I figured we were going to take a sales hit, but... I knew that it was going to end up, you know, at least being hands-free, which it is. We hands-free get paychecks from, from Amazon every month because right. of this book. But ultimately, it's still, you know, it was proving for us. Like, we we, we had a product that we, we just tried out, was super successful. We got to reinvest and make it the product we really wanted it to be. Yeah, and it, the book paid for itself, right? We didn't have yeah. to lay out 500 of our own dollars. We only had to lay out $200 to get the MVP version of it. And then we allowed that book to make profit for us. And then we took that profit and were able to make the book that we wanted. And to this day, eight years later, we still earn money. We still earn royalties from that those books. Right. And it was all financed by doing an MVP launch first. Now, that's, that's a great story, right? And I think a lot of people um, would benefit from doing it that way, right? Because, yeah, there are some people, there are some perfectionists that get their product out to market exactly as how they envisioned it. But I can't imagine how many products never make it to market because the perfectionist isn't willing to ship it in an imperfect state. 
but they also never get around to finishing it and getting it to that perfect state. Yeah, that sounds like me, you know, but... I'll be honest, that's probably almost every entrepreneur on this planet. I think everybody has at least one product that they have not shipped because they didn't think it was good enough. Sometimes you just got to say, and this is why deadlines are so good. Like, I need this done by this date and do it. And even if it's a sloppy mess, ship it. Yeah, I was going to say deadlines. It's funny because that reminds me of Monsters University. Um, They had deadlines for production and they were creeping closer and closer to all those deadlines. Like they were not going to make them. And um, I don't know. I don't recall the the name of the uh, producer or director or whoever it was who was reviewing some of the, the footage that the animators were doing. But they saw that um, in one of the scenes, Mike Wazowski had stacked all of these CDs. I'm so glad you're telling this story. <laughs> because you, you remember. It's such it. a great example. They, they were stacking all of these CDs. And in the scene, they fly all over the place. Yeah, they get like knocked over. The whole tower of CDs gets knocked over. And so the animators were spending months designing like maybe no i don't know if it was months but it was it was a lot of time it was weeks at least like designing each individual cd cover every cd in that stack had its own unique cover and and it was just a tower of them and uh the director was like guys, we are getting really close to de- deadlines. What's the hang up here? And, and they showed off their work and it was amazing. Like what they were doing was so intricate and, and like the guy was just impressed that the animators were able to accomplish this stuff. But he's like, this is a terrible use of resources. It doesn't matter. You watch the scene. It doesn't matter. It you doesn't, can't see it. You can't see it. Firstly, not only can you not see and appreciate each of the CD cases in all their glory, but the scene like lasts for what three seconds? Yeah, and it's then it's gone. Yeah, you're spending like weeks or months of of work hours on this artwork that no one's really going to be appreciative of, right? Right, like, and. And, and it was all because he kept looking at the deadline and it's like, we're not getting to our deadline. Like, we're supposed to be finished with this this section of the movie by now. And they're not there. What's the hang up? And it was because they're decorating CD covers. Yeah. So it's kind of like an interesting, it's not, I don't know if it's necessarily a MVP. Well, it, it, but it is in a way that like, they didn't need to be that that much of a perfectionist yeah. and they were able to launch the movie, release the movie without having those perfect CD covers on every single CD and no one cared. Oh, absolutely. You know? And, and I think that that's kind of what's important here is like, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yep. So that's our question to you. What's holding you back? Are you being a perfectionist? Do you think you could MVP something? Ship your product today. Stop holding back. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fearless Together. Make sure you subscribe and learn more at fearless.fm. That's F-E-A-R-L-S-S dot F-M. To your continued success.